Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. How are you guys in the room today? Yeah. So glad you're here. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. And man, we love you guys, and thank you so much. Listen, this past summer, I took a um, sabbatical, and so I got to go visit a lot of churches and so I know what it's like to visit a church for the very first time. You're a little worried, a little nervous, like where do I sit? What's gonna happen? What are they gonna do? Uh, I feel you, and I hope so far, those of you, this is your first time that you felt welcomed. You got a good cup of coffee, a good seat. Um, thank you so much for being here, and uh, we love you guys so much. And those of you who are with us online, uh, thank you as well. You guys are part of our family, and especially those of you who are joining us for the first time, you're just checking us out, you just happen to see us. Thanks for stopping by. We love you guys so much, and we're so glad you're here. Uh, We're in a series called The Good Shepherd, and today I just want to bring you something super, super practical. I think it's the most practical part of this text in Psalm 23 that we're studying. But I want to start here. There is a principle called The Principle of the Path, uh, a book by, by Pastor Andy Stanley, and he says, direction determines destination. Direction determines destination. Not, not good intentions, not wishes, not what's on your heart. No, your actual direction, that you're, the pathway that you choose has a destination, and, and you get there based on the fact that you're pointed that way. So I've used this illustration before, but let's say that after church I, I meet you and you say, hey, after church we're headed up to Colorado to go visit our cousins. And I, oh, cool, which way are you going? Oh, we're going 37 south. Um, I, I hate to tell you, you're not going to go see your cousins in Colorado. You may see your cousin Fidel in Cuba eventually, right? But you're not going to see your cousins in Colorado because 37 South, it's a, it's a great pathway. But if that's the destination, if that's the direction you're heading, you're not going to end up in Colorado. Direction determines Destination. We, we understand this like when it comes to driving, of course, when, it, when we're hiking, when we're out for a jog. For those of you who do this, I don't. But for those of you who do. Um, but, but it seems like it's beyond our, our knowledge sometimes when it comes to marriage principles and, and, and money and relationships and moral standards and educational pursuits and even our health. Uh, and, and then most importantly, our spiritual growth. Uh, there, there's this huge connect, disconnect between direction and destination. We think, oh, I intend to someday, and therefore I will. No, 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 it's, it's direction, always direction. And we have this disconnect because our culture tells us as long as our intentions are good and as long as we're pursuing our hearts and we're chasing after our dreams, we'll end up at the desired destination. But those of us who've lived a while now, we know that's not true. It's not even close, right? Direction determines destination. And so sometimes we often wonder, how did I get here? How did I get in this place in my life? How did, I, how did I end up in this place that I never thought I would be? Well, how did you get there? It was the path that either you or somebody took for you that led you there. Nothing less, nothing more. Direction determines destination. And, and so being on the right path um, in life is almost impossible to overstate how important that is. So we come to a verse that is one of the, verse, the parts of the verse of 20, Psalm 23 that we kind of forget about. We, we say it, we read it, because we quote it, 
but we don't understand exactly the value and the depth and the quality of it. And so this, I would say, is maybe one of the most important qualities of the good shepherd. Uh, so David starts talking about paths in, in Psalm 23, and specifically how God, the shepherd, leads us in the, in the right path. So I want us to read this aloud. Would you say it with us together? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. By the way, if you missed last week, this is what we talked about last week. I'm going to challenge, I'm going to encourage you to go listen to that. I think it can help you. He, ready, makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I want to I wanna lean into verse 3, the second part of verse 3. We'll get to verse 4 maybe towards the end. Um, but the fact that the good shepherd guides us along the right path. Direction determines, say it. I've said it enough times, you, you know it now, right? So, so it's so important that the shepherd, the good shepherd, guides us along the right path paths because he has a desired destination for us, a destiny for us, an outcome for us. We got to get on the right paths. Now, we've been saying all along, if you're new to this series with us, that in life we are all sheep to some extent. And some of you go, no, nah, man, my spirit animal is a wolf or a, a lion like or, or like a dog, uh, whatever. Like, but nobody's like, yeah, my spirit animal is a sheep, man. You know, like nobody does that, right? But the fact is that, oh, all the way through the scripture, I think it's 200 something times we are called the sheep, his sheep, the sheep of his pasture. Jesus refers to us like that. Moses refers to us like that. Jacob, when he's blessing Joseph and his two twin sons, he says, um, may the God of, of, of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, the God who has shepherded me all throughout my life. He shepherded me all throughout my life. And he pronounces blessings on them. This is how we're referred to. We're, we're, we're sheep. And so when we're sheep, the reason that we're all sheep, whether you want to admit it or not, is because we all have people who, who, we, who follow. We follow them. They're, they're people in culture. They're people in the world. They, they're shepherds. We have never thought of them like that, but they're shepherds. They're leading us. They're guiding us. And so then Psalm 23 is not a psalm for the self-sufficient. It's not a psalm for the folks who are like, I'm going to raise myself up by my own bootstraps. It's not, a vo it's not a psalm for the people who are following voices in the world and culture. It's a psalm for people who, who <clears throat> trust the Lord and who follow his word. So then Jesus, in this sort of parallel text, John 10, says um, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, for Jesus. He's talking about himself here. He explains it later on. And the sheep listen to his voice. And, and he calls his own sheep by name. That's how personal a God you serve. And then he, he leads them out. Where does he lead them out to? He leads them out to the right path. Every single time when he calls me by name, when he leads me out by side the, the still waters into the green pastures, inevitably he's leading me on the right path. Not just any path, because there's a lot of paths, but the right path. Now notice back in verse three, why does he do this in Psalm 23? For his name's sake. Now there's a lot to that that I don't have time to unpack, but I want you to know that what, 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 what the Holy Spirit is, in, is enabling David to write is that God's glory is on the line when it comes to you and me. 
So, so in other words, what God's saying is I'm not going to call them out by name. I'm not going to lead them out of the safety of the, of the pen um, into something they can't handle. Like, I'm never going to do that. My, my name is on the line. My reputation is on the line. My glory is at stake. Well, Danny, there's been some things in my life I couldn't handle, but you're still here. So you did come through that, right? You're still around. You're still hearing me. Yes, it was brutal. I would never take that. It's, it's painful, but you're still here. He brought you through. So the Lord cannot be my shepherd if I'm not his sheep. Are, we, are you there so far, right? So we're talking today about paths and particularly the right path because every path has a destination. Listen to me. Every decision you make about your life and about how you're going to parent and how you're going to go to school and, and how you're going to work, what kind of employee or employer you're going to be, all of it's a path. And every path has a destination and it's not the one you intended it to be. It's just the one that is based upon the direction. But we're not just talking about paths today. We're talking about guides. Who knows something about paths? Who, who knows how to guide us along the right path? Now, some of you are young, so you don't remember the day when people walked. Back in the old days, we walked places. Can I get a witness from the people who are more than 40? Like, like uh, there were woods behind. I grew up in Adams Hill um, uh, over uh, on, the, on the west side, far west side. And, and, and so there was a patch of woods. It's, not, it's all houses for miles now, but back in the day, it was woods. And we had these paths that we'd walk. We don't know where those paths came from. They've been there a lot longer than we had. Somebody walked them, those paths back in the day. Now, they weren't good at their paths because we got lost one day for six hours. Those paths didn't do us right. Can I get a witness for paths? So we needed guides. And our guides were my older brothers. Bad choice of guides. Love you guys if you watch this today. Um, but y'all weren't good guides in those days. We were lost a long time. They were such bad guides that the, the solution for our thirst was to milk this cow. It was a bull. Um, we noticed that as we approached. Come on, can I get a witness? Uh, that's too much. Why did I say that? Uh, it's Danny. My wife's going to get a, Stop, Danny. Don't say that bull thing again. All right, anyways. Practical, Right? Who knows something about paths? No, no. Yes or no, this is a confusing world that we live in right now. Right? Yes or no? It's confusing. There's so many voices and so many opinions, and they're being thrown at us all day in a way that we're not designed to handle that much information, but it's coming at us. And, and, and who knows the answers to all these questions? And who knows the answers to life's biggest questions? And, and, and a lot of people make a lot of big mistakes because we don't have anybody leading us or guiding us or we have the wrong people. But the good shepherd guides. So life is a series of choices. We first make our choices and then our choices make us. And some of us know what, what it's like trying to make decisions. Should I get married? Should I not get married? Should I stay in this marriage? Should I not? Should I go to this school? Should I not? Should I take this job? Should I not? There's all this energy, and if we're not careful, we can often live in a, in a world of indecision where we're constantly being pulled back and forth. And James, the little brother Jesus, talks about this. He says, um, a, a double-minded man, a person who is of two minds, is unstable. And the Greek is like literally like a drunk person just staggering around, tossed about and, and, and blown about. And this is what happens, in the, and that creates tension and unrest in our lives, and it makes it un, not, there's no peace in our homes, and, 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 and so we're, we're, we're challenged in this way, and we need somebody to guide us, but, but who can help us? 
And here's the issue because we live in a culture that is increasingly humanistic. It's always been humanistic. But now more than ever, we're valuing human beings and their thoughts, their opinions above God, above God's word. It's not about God anymore. It's not about what, what, what does the Bible say. It's not, not about that. So, so it's about you. And so it's about what you want to do. And it's about you follow your dreams and you follow your heart. And you do what you do and you do what's best for you. The problem is when you have 7 billion people doing what's best for just them, chaos. So I want to give you a few words, and then we'll finish with the good shepherd. I want to give you a few words about who ought not be your guide. And and, and number one, you. (laughs) You're welcome. Thanks for coming. I just want to be life-giving today. You should not be your own guide. I know you're like, you don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm awesome, dude. Let's wait and see. You know what I'm saying? It's, It's time, right? See, left to our own de- de- designs and devices, we end up on the wrong path. Come on, just honestly, how many of you would say, I've made some bad decisions and gotten in a mess in my life? Raise your hands, raise your hands. Some of you have, yeah, most of you. That's, I would say that's the majority. The rest of you just haven't lived long enough yet. <laughs> Stay with it. Stick there. You're gonna make a fool of yourself somewhere along the way for God's glory and for God's fame. Welcome, welcome. We, we end up, the, the, the thing about sheep, and, and I've studied a lot about sheep, I, I, don't, I don't even know if I've ever even touched one before, but I've seen them over there. You know what I'm saying? They smell, though, when I've gone to the rodeo. Man, sheep stink worse than most every other thing. There's some kind of ammonia thing going on. Any sheep people in the house today? Anyways, it's not even important. Um, man, see that when you have the ADD thing, it just happens. You squirrel, you know, and, and you're there, and you don't even know how you got there. But, 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 but sheep get lost, and, and I, I read that one sheep will follow another sheep right over the edge of a cliff, and they'll just fall down, and they'll get themselves trapped in places that they should have never gotten themselves trapped if they had just followed the shepherd. And if we follow our own judgment a lot of times in life, we will get lost. If you decide, ah, oh, nah, Danny, it's good for you, bro, but I'm going to run my own life. I'm going to do it my own way. There's, there's some trouble, and, and, and here's the truth. Many of us right now are living in the pain of the wrong path. Many of us financially are living in pain because of the wrong path. Many of us emotionally, in terms of our health, in terms of our, our relationships, are living in pain right now because of a wrong path. We're trying to figure out, how do I get out of this mess? And, and you know what's interesting to me in, in the culture that we live in now is that people will not follow the shepherd's voice And so they'll go their own way, and then when they find themselves in some sort of pit that they've fallen into, they'll blame it on God. Like Solomon the Wise talks about this in Proverbs 19. He says, he says, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Like they blame it on God, right? And and, and it's, it's interesting to me, they're like, where were you at, God, when I was about to fall into this pit? Well, I was over here trying to get you to stop and turn around. And follow me, well, I fell down here anyway. It's your bad. And isn't that the testimony of our culture? It can never be my fault. It's got to be somebody else's fault. Everybody's got to blame somebody else. Everybody's got to be a victim. Nobody can take personal responsibility anymore. It's, it's there are our own foolishness that leads us down. Because it's, it's a path, and every path has a destination. And we want to blame it on God. And this is why Solomon says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with, say this with me, with all 
Yeah, I want to trust you with my salvation, Jesus, but nothing else. That's, that's a path. It has a destination. Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. I know you're smart. I know you're sophisticated, but trust me, you don't know it all. Somebody throw an elbow to your neighbor right now they, that, that needs to hear that word. You don't know. And, and in all your ways, acknowledge him. Put him first. Trust him. And then he will make straight your paths. Why do I need God to make my path straight? Because you and I have spent, I'll throw myself under the bus here, you and I have spent so much time chasing after our own understanding and we've been living in a circular life. We've been chasing our tail. We've been winding this way. We were like, oh, I thought I saw that tree three weeks ago, right? And listen, We've wasted time, and wasted time is wasted life. And God's like, oh, listen, you gotta trust me. I know the best way. I'll make the way straight. I'll get you there further, faster, if you'll just trust me. Don't lean on your own understanding. You know, Moses says in Psalm 90, teach us to number our days aright. In other words, let us live with the awareness that time is short so that we can gain hearts of wisdom. So that we can go, you know what, I really don't know at all. I better find someone who does. Teach me to number my days. All right, so part two of this is you can't trust you and you can't trust your feelings. There's a lot of guides. I'm gonna just talk about three quickly. Your feelings. You, you can't trust your feelings. Now, I know that we love to get hashtag mood Moods, like anybody know what I'm saying? Nobody? The young people know. Um, like, but you can't trust your feelings. You mean, let me tell you why your, your feelings are a terrible guide. Your feelings are temporary, right? Like, for instance, you can see your team win a game and you can be on a mountaintop, but then you realize, oh, it's, tomorrow's Monday and I gotta go right back to work. And then you plummet, right? Your good, your good feelings don't last forever. Your bad feelings, depression, anxiety, discouragement, anxious, they won't always be there either. But what happens is when we make decisions in times of high emotions, like I, like I was a student pastor for 14 years, and every year I'd say, students, don't make decisions uh, in the summer because you're not smart in the summer, right? There's brain leak going on. Like, why? Are, because you're so happy. That first week of the summer, woohoo, let's do crazy things, 12 years later, after you get out of prison, here you, you know, you're like, man. Right? Those, those of you, the other time that you're the dumbest is on spring break, students. Trust me on this. There's so many adults in here who had stuff happen on spring break they don't want anyone to know about. Come on. Amen. You don't want anybody knowing what you did on spring break. Feelings of high, high, high emotion, low emotion, bad decision. So don't trust your feelings. Some people will say, oh, just follow your heart. Mm, that's not good either. Come on, it's cholesterol in there, man. I'm just kidding. It's not that hard. Blockage. I'm just talking about me now. Anyways, um, see, see, Jeremiah says, the prophet Jeremiah says, beware of your own heart. It's deceitful above all things. He goes on, he says, and it's desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Your own heart lies to you more than anyone else lies to you or more than you, and you, it lies to you. 
Yeah, however much you lie to other people, you lie to yourself more. See, it takes a minute to process it through. Cholesterol's there, you know, it's, it's blocking. Listen, so, so here's what I mean. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Just because you read it on your favorite blog doesn't mean it's true. Just because you heard it, just because it's popular doesn't mean it's true. Just because the culture says it's right doesn't make it's right. And, pe- and people can even spiritualize their feelings. They'll say, like, man, I had a real peace about that. I don't know why it sounded like Raggy from Scooby-Doo. Like, it's not enough, actually. I've had people tell me this the very same thing about decisions that they're going to make. We prayed about it. We had peace, and so this is what they're going to do. Yeah, but it goes completely against God's word. Yeah, but we got peace. Do you? You sure? Because it's like exactly the opposite of God's word. That's why God's word has to be foremost above every other thing. This is how God guides. He guides through his spirit. He guides through his word. This is how, and and we have to have truth in our lives because we lie to ourselves. The culture lies to us. Our friends think they're telling us the truth. I read this somewhere. I think it was on Twitter. Therefore, it has to be true. Come on. Like, we have to have a voice of truth. Eugene Peterson, who's gone on to be the Lord, he's a pastor. He translated the Bible and he called it into a paraphrase called the message. He says, my feelings are important for many things. They are essential and valuable. They keep me aware of much that is true and real. But they tell me next to nothing about God or my relationship to God. My security comes from who God is, not from how I feel. The only secure place is on the heels of the good shepherd. The third third bad guide is the crowd, and I'm just making this ambiguous statement about all these voices in the world today, the culture, popular opinion, who are you gonna trust, though, in the crowd, right? We've seen this over the last year and a half, so many opinions, so many voices, so many people saying, do this, don't do that. It's like, what? Who do I believe? Who's telling the truth? And everybody's got an opinion, a strong opinion about everything. You gonna trust a news channel? Some of you are like, yes, they're true because they think what you think. Come on, can I get a witness, right? You're gonna trust social media, Twitter? Like, the young people don't even know what Twitter is anymore. Only old dudes know what Twitter is because it's the angriest place on the planet. Come on, get a witness. You're gonna trust Facebook? Right? Like, now I'm stepping on your toes. Like, that's my favorite source of news. Probably the Iranians put it in there. God bless them, you know what I'm saying? God save them. They're gonna lead you down the right paths? I'm talking about Facebook. Let me ask you another question. This is just practical. What qualifications does someone need to have to be your guide? Isn't that an important thing to ask yourself? What's their qualification to tell me what they're telling me? Is it because they're loud? Is it because they're famous? Is it because they're popular? Is it because they have millions of followers on Instagram? Like, let me ask you something else. Let's just, let's just be practical. Is our world in big trouble right now? Yes or no? Right? Is it because of a lack of paths, available pathways? Right? Is it because of a lack of voices? No? Is it because there's no one trying to lead us? Are we heading as a world on a right path right now? Are, are, are we heading on a right path as a world? Are we going to end up in a good place if we stay on this path? Look around our world. Look around our country. We doing okay? Right? People are following their own wisdom to their own folly. 
their own feelings. They're following the voices of the crowd. But I can't follow the crowd if the crowd's not following God. I can't. I can't follow the voice of the Holy Spirit and follow the voice of the crowd at the same time. We have to pick one. You can't be on two paths at the same time. It's physically impossible. There's the way of the world and there's the way of God and it's one or the other. And one of the biggest threats to the church is we have too many believers who've been overly informed by the crowd and under-informed by the word of God. When God is handing down his laws to the people of Israel, this new nation that's becoming, in Exodus, he's talking to them about justice, and he's talking about them how to treat other people, and he says to them, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong, because he knows what's going to happen. They're going to follow all of the voices of all of the countries around them. He sees them have to do them over and over again. He says, do not follow the crowd. And this was Israel's biggest problem for thousands of years. Go read through the ancient texts, right? The Hebrew texts. They kept trying to want to be like everybody around them. He says, do not follow the customs, the traditions, the values of the world around you. I want you to be different. I want you to be other. So he gives them laws about morality and he gives them ceremonial laws. He gives them traditions and ceremonies to, to, to observe so that they won't be shaped into the mold. And so Paul comes along many, 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 many years later in Romans chapter 12 and he says, do not conform. Do not be pressed into a mold, to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, come above that by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test. We're talking about how to know the right way to go. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Say this with me. His and his and his will. Let me pause right here. There are so many people in this world, so many voices, so many shepherds, so many paths And God says, if you'll trust me, my path, my will, is going to be good and pleasing and perfect. He's a good God. He has good plans for your life and for mine. The question is, will I trust him? Do I want to be who God made me to be? Or do I want to be a poor carbon copy of somebody else out in this world? Listen, I know some of you are like, man, you're like one of those old preacher guys, man. They're like... Stay away from the custom, the, the, the world. They're all losers and posers and hosers and filth and degradation, right? I'm not trying to be all that, but listen, if you're copying the behaviors and the patterns and the customs of the world, it's a pathway. And it's going to have an ending that I don't think you're going to like very well. I'm sorry, but it's true. Solomon the wise says, there is a way that seems right. There is a path that seems Right, but its end is the way or the path of of destruction. It seems smart. It seems logical. It seems like the right path, Solomon says. But it it has a destination that I don't think you're going to desire. But Paul said God's will is good and it's pleasing and it's perfect and no one in this world, no other voice, no other shepherd in this world can offer you that kind of promise. 
So what do we do? If, if we're children of God, if we're the sheep of his pasture, then he's going to be our guide. He's going to guide us along the right paths. And the way he does this, here, look at this. And this is uh, Romans 8, 14. For, for those who are, we got it? For those who are led by the, say it with me, the spirit of God are the children of God. So this is a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it's like the, the sheep, the children of God, they're going to be led by the Spirit of God. He's going to whisper. He's going to talk. He's going to show you. He's going to let you hear a sermon. He's going to let you hear a song. He's going he's to, uh, the devotion pop up in your, your email just at the right time. Oh, I really needed to hear that. He's going to do that. So that's the good part of it. But, but, but if you're not being led by the Spirit of God, then you have to say, well, if I've never been led by the Spirit of God, am I a child of God? You see, it's a double-edged sword. There's like a... Part of the litmus test of knowing I'm a child of God is that I am being led by the Spirit of God. That's a huge idea. So whatever decision you need to make, you trust the good shepherd. So here's what I learned, and I don't have time to tell you this, but I've learned this week, I already knew this, but I've seen it through my own study. God doesn't just know what the next right step is. He knows what all of the steps are to the end of your life. Because he sees the beginning and he sees the end of life and he is faithful and just to complete, to complete it, the thing that he began in you. That's what the Bible says. He's, 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 he's going to finish what he started in you. He knows not just this step, but the next 20,000 steps for your life. There are shepherds who could say, hey, your next right step is this. They might be right, but they don't know the beginning from the end. But, but your good shepherd does. So you have to ask. You and I have to ask him, God, would you give me wisdom? Would, you, would your spirit give me wisdom to know how to make this decision? God, is this the right path or is this the right path? And sometimes God will go, you pick one. It's okay. You're following after me. See, David was a man after God's own heart. That's what, that's what Acts says about David. He was a man after, meaning he wasn't exactly like God. He didn't have the heart of God because he did a lot of bad stuff, honestly. But his entire life, through the ups and downs, his heart was always going, God, I'm sorry, I didn't do that right. I'm pointed after you, I wanna please you. And he had this testimony that he, that, that, he, that he pursued God after the heart of God. There's gonna be a lot of times in your life that you're gonna be like, God's gonna be like, hey, pick one, man. I'm gonna be with you wherever you go because you got my heart. Pick one, right? Because like, we think God's will is scary. No, no, it's good and it's perfect and it's pleasing. Can I get an amen on that, somebody? Nobody knows you better than God. Nobody, nobody else made you but God. Nobody loves you like the, sh the shepherd lays down his life for a sheep. Who wouldn't want to follow that kind of a shepherd? So what do you want me to do, God? And you can trust that if you are following the good shepherd, he will never lead you down the wrong path. So this isn't it's super helpful, but I think it's helpful. What's the right path? What's the right path? The path that makes you more like Jesus. See, God has so much wisdom that he can use your marriage to make you more like Jesus. God has so much wisdom that he can use your job that you hate right now to make you more like Jesus. God can use the challenges and the turmoil, all of these things, all of these paths that he leads you through, all of them can be used if you're following the shepherd to make you more like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3, 18, and we all who with 
unveiled faces. I don't have time to explain this, but this is a nod to Moses when he comes down the mountain. His face is glowing because the glory of God's been upon him. And so he was reflecting the Lord's glory. So, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate that words actually reflect the Lord's glory. And why? We're being transformed into his image. The right path is always about making you more like Jesus. And if you're on a path that makes you less like Jesus, and we can read what he said, we can read what he did, we don't have to wonder, who who was he? What did he do? We can read it in the Gospels. If the path you're on makes you less like Jesus, you're on the wrong path. He guides me along the right paths. Now, we read that he, he guides us to green pastures. He leads us beside the, the, the still waters, the quiet waters, or the waters of rest is the literal translation. There he refreshes or restores our souls, and then he, he, he guides us along the right paths. But here's the truth about the right paths. Sometimes the right paths show up looking like verse four. Even though I walk through, not, he doesn't take us to, He takes us through the darkest valley. I will fear no evil for what? You are with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The truth is, is this is a right path as much as the green pastures, as much as the still waters, as much as all of it. This is also a right path because the shepherd knows what he's doing. Question when I'm in the dark valley, Danny, how do I know where to go? How do I stay on the right path when it's dark? Well, first of all, he's with you. And even when you can't feel God in the dark, and even when you can't see God in the dark, the psalmist says in Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet light for my path. I cannot overestimate the value of your Bible getting opened up every day. I, I cannot overestimate the value of that in your life. Like if that's not you, please trust me that God will speak. That when you open your Bible, God starts to speak and when you close it, he stops speaking a lot of times. That's how important it is. Your word, God's will is found in God's word. I don't know which way to go. Open the book. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do, and I can't see the pathway because life is so dark right now, and oh, I can't feel God either. You open his word. You stop listening for a voice out there. Stop listening for a voice out there and start looking for a verse in here. Look for a verse. There is one for you. And whatever direction you need and whatever, 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 like encouragement God will provide but listen to me listen to me this is so important because God speaks through a sermon God speaks through a song God speaks through an, 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 an email that shows up but listen to me listen to me God's will will never contradict God's word never I think this is God's will I have a piece about it does it align with scripture if it doesn't it's not God's will I don't care if you have a piece about it it's about God's word and, and, and he will guide you through the season of life. But listen, listen, listen. When you say, God, it's dark, I really don't know what's the next right step. Would you help me? Don't hurry off after that. Like, stay there a while and listen. 
Don't, don't Google for the answer, who should I marry? You know, like, it's not helpful, right? Crockpot that thing, man. Some of y'all want a microwave. Look, listen, put it in the crockpot and meditate, slow down. He leads me beside the quiet waters, the waters of rest. Slow, steady. Rather go, I'd rather go slow in the right direction than fast in the wrong direction. Yes? So the paths aren't just dark in Psalm 23. They're also dangerous. And David says, they're dangerous, but your rod and your staff, they come, a staff has got a crook on it. You've seen this, and they'll pull the sheep back from the edge. A, a, a rod is like a club, and it's like, I'm gonna bust you up if you jack with my sheep. I had a buddy that used to go hunting in the Arctic, um, and he would go bow hunting up there for caribou. And I was like, bro, there's, there's polar bears up there. You, you, you're gonna try to shoot a polar bear? If he comes at you with a bow, he's gonna eat you and your bow. You're welcome. Nah, bro, the guide, he's got this monster gun. And so I'm, I'm going to be fine. If the polar bear comes, I'll just back out of the way and let the brother with the rod and the staff take over. You see what I'm saying? Even when it's dangerous, I got a God who's got the weapons needed to take down any enemy that comes. And then he will not only... He'll guide you to dark places sometimes, and sometimes he'll guide you to dangerous places, and then sometimes he'll, guard, he'll, he'll lead and guide you to desert places. This is all happening in Palestine, in the desert. God does some of his best work, it turns out, in the wilderness. Think about Jesus. He's 30 years old. He's been a carpenter all his life. Now it's time to start his ministry. What's the first thing God leads him to? 40 days in the wilderness. While he's in the wilderness, he gets tempted by, by the devil. Like it's a hard deal. At the end of it, he's exhausted. But it was the right path. Th- think about this. He takes the, sh- the, the, the people of Israel out of Egypt. He's like, hey, 400 years of slavery. No, not anymore. Where does he lead them? He could lead them right through the Philistines' place. He could lead them straight to the promised land. He takes them out into the desert. And there they learn about him. They make a lot of bad decisions, so they have this circuitous, circuitous, circuit, it's a circular route, okay? I can't get that word out. They don't have to do it, but that's what they do because of their decisions. Think about Jesus. After three years and a half, they lead him up a narrow, winding road called Golgotha. They lay him down on a cross after they've ripped his back up, after they've pressed a crown of thorns in his head, and they nail him to a cross. They lift him high and they put him in the ground. And that was the right path for Jesus. And because Jesus did not run from the right path, even though he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, he goes and does it anyway. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. That's how good this shepherd is. He lays down his life. His path is a path of sacrifice and he does it all for you and he does it all for me. And this last verse, just the last thing and I'm done. You, God, make known to me the path of life. 
This is the most important of all the paths that I know what the path of life is, which is at the foot of a cross, in the presence of the Lord. Because he says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Or the way the new NIV says, you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You, God, will make known to me the path of life. So I want to pray for you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I come to you, God, for all of these folks here. Lord, I'm right with them. It's confusing out there. There's so many voices. There's so many opinions, and everybody's got a strong opinion, and everybody thinks they're right about this or about that or about the other thing. And God, what it's done is it's created so much division and so much chaos and so much hurt and so much, much mistrust, and nobody trusts anybody, and we're all suspect over each other, and we're all wondering who's that. God, it's time for people of faith to say No. It's not about this group or that group. It's about the good shepherd who takes me into green pastures and who, who leads me beside the still waters and who restores my soul there because my soul gets damaged by all the nonsense. But then who leads me out of that safe pasture and he guides me along, not just to the right paths. He guides me along the right paths. He does this for his own name's sake, for his glory, and I just pray for wisdom. I pray that people would stop listening to culture and stop listening to their feelings and stop letting their emotions rule the day. I pray that all of us, myself included, would stop and listen for the still, small voice of the Lord who will guide and who will protect and who will direct us all the days of our lives along the right paths. In Jesus' name. Everybody said a good amen. I mean, come on, clap your hands to the Lord, would you? Amen. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.